Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right, welcome to the fourth episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. Uh, Today, we've got a pretty exciting topic that we're going to be talking about. Um, But before we get into that, I kind of want to give us a quick recap of the first few episodes. And if you haven't listened to those just yet, I I do encourage you to go back and listen to them fully. Because each of these episodes have kind of been building off of each other. Um, the first episode really uh, it gives a little bit of my story, but more importantly, it gives a broad strokes overview of the whole purpose for this show. Um, and really, in a nutshell, it is to let you know that the kingdom of heaven is meant to be lived here and now. Jesus ushered in that kingdom 2,000 years ago, and we are meant to live and walk in it here and now. It's not some future date that it's supposed to come, though it will also come in its fullness here on the earth, as the scripture says. But you have the ability to live it now. And so we give a broad strokes overview of that as well as a little bit more detail into that. Episode 2 talks about what the first step is to entering the kingdom. And that first step is... You know, the very first words that Jesus spoke, and that was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is, ha- is at hand. And, you know, from a church perspective, most people think that repentance has something to do with stopping sinning. And certainly, that is a portion of what repentance is. But a better way to describe what repentance is, is really to stop. Consider the way that you are walking. Change your mind Realize that you don't have all the answers and walk in alignment with God. That is what true repentance really is. And then the third episode uh, really kind of talks about the fundamental way that Jesus Christ walked. And it gives us an example and lays the blueprint and the foundation for how we should walk as well, you know. So we've got the what and the first couple of steps of, you know, how to do that. And today I actually want to take some time to talk about the who a little bit in that. You know, part of what makes us such easy targets as Christians today is we don't know who we are in Christ. Um, And when you don't fully know who you are and what God has already done for you and where you are presently standing in this moment in time. If you don't understand that fully, you don't understand the birthright that God has given you as somebody who believes in Christ and was sanctified by the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus, covered by the blood of Jesus. If you don't fully understand that, it's a lot easier to uh, trick you into doing things that you shouldn't do. And so we're going to spend some time talking about that today. You know, the the first place that I want to start actually has to do, um, we're going to start all the way back in Exodus. This is Exodus chapter 31, and I'm going to read it to you. Chapter 31, verses 13 and 14. And then we're going to kind of lay the foundation for what we're going to talk about today. This is God giving his people the Sabbath law. 
Uh, he's given it to Moses, and this is uh, actually in the same vein that he uh, writes the Ten Commandments. But we won't get all the way to that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna start from, in just Exodus 31 verses 13 and 14. Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. I'm going to read that one more time, and then we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper, because there's actually a lot of depth in this, and it's actually a foreshadowing to what God is talking about, even in the book of Revelations, and what will come at the end of the day. Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Again, that's Exodus 31, verses 13 and 14. Now, there are two words in there that we hear a lot as Christians. Sanctification and holiness. Actually, we probably hear them a lot less in church than we probably should but the, but there there are two concepts there's this concept of the process of sanctification that we talk that that gets talked about whereby uh, you know Jesus prays for this which it, it, it is the process by which we are continually being made more into the image of God uh, into the image of Christ his son and then there is this command that we have received, which is to be holy as God is holy. And so those two things are really different. So I, I looked them up in this verse as I was in these verses as I was watching it, because I always thought that the process of sanctification was something that I did in communion with the work of the Holy Spirit. I felt I felt as if it was something that I had to do. But no, that's not what this says. It says, it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So that means that it is God who sanctifies us. So what is sanctification? That word, both of them to some degree mean, you know, setting apart. But this, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. It means the act of being set apart. Now, as somebody who has been grafted in to the family of God via Jesus Christ, and that is done by you believing in Jesus and what God did through Jesus, all of the promises that are in the Bible belong to you. And it says that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So that means that you, I'm not talking about another person. I'm not talking about somebody who you think is a better Christian than you. I'm talking about you, Y-O-U, the person who's listening to my voice right now. This applies to you. God has set you apart. The moment that you chose to join God's family, and he adopted you into his family through your belief in Jesus Christ, at that moment, 
God set you apart. He put you over to the side. He picked you up out of the world. This is this is literal. This is in the in the eyes of God. This is in the spiritual spiritual realm. And our job here is to act in the world as if the spiritual world has authority over the physical. Because A, it does. But B, that's how we fulfill the prayer of Matthew 6. When Jesus says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are the vessels that are meant to do that. So again, God, at the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, that you accepted what God did through Jesus Christ and chose to join his family, and through your belief there, it was the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus at that moment that grafted you into God's family. And at that moment, when you did that, God picked you up apart from the world and set you apart from the world. You are over here. You are no longer a part of the world in God's eyes. So, so what I'm saying to you is that God has sanctified you. It is a part of your birthright. As somebody who has come into the family of God, God has set you apart. You can't be further set apart. You can only be set apart. You know, there, there's no further apart that you can be set. There is the world and there is not the world. God has picked you up out of the world and he has sanctified you. Now, in a future episode, we're going to talk about some additional preparation that all of us need to do as a result of this sanctification. But for now, what we need to understand is that it is not you who must do something to be set apart. You are set apart by God at the moment that you accepted what he did and believed in Jesus Christ. You became a part of his family and God set you apart from the rest of the world. You became his new Israel, a part of his new Israel. And now I'm going to read on further because there's this other, he says, you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, because it is holy to you. Now, what is holy? What does that mean? If sanctification or to be sanctified means that you are taken out of the world and set apart, holiness is the state of being in that set apartness is the best way I can say that. Holiness is living in accordance, living in and existing in that set apartness. So God has sanctified you already. That is part of your birthright. He has set you apart and declared you holy. This comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10. Yeah, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But verse 10 also says, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I'm going to read that one more time. 1 Peter chapter 2, 9-10 through 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Peter is talking about he called you out of your darkness because he called you to Jesus Christ. He called you to himself and you accepted that call when you believed. And he also adds this, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not previously obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So Peter's talking about this in a different way. At the moment that you accepted this peace offering from God, he set you apart. You became a part of his chosen generation, his royal priesthood. You became a part of the holy nation. He set you apart and declared you holy at that moment through nothing that you did. You didn't have to act holy. You simply had to accept the birthright and the gift that he gave you. And at that moment, he declared you holy. Now, if sanctification is that process of being set apart, we must maintain the holiness and stand in the holiness and the set-apartness that God has put us in. That's what it means to be holy. So to be sep separated from something, if he called you out of darkness and into the light, don't accept something that is less than light. If he called you out from the world and into his kingdom, don't accept things that are not of his kingdom. This covers a lot of different things, but ultimately this has significant ramifications for the way that you live your life. If you are set apart and called holy by God, a member of his holy nation, you are a part of his own special people. He has made, you have made him king over your life. I'm going to read something else to you. This comes from 1 Samuel, chapter 8. 1 Samuel, chapter 8, starting at verse 1. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Samuel, if you're not familiar with him, was the prophet over Israel at this time. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. This is now verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Why am I making such a big deal out of that? Israel, before Jesus Christ came, had these promises, and God had set them apart and sanctified them. Certainly not by their own actions, as you can, as you can read. You know, throughout most of the Bible, it has nothing to do with their own actions. God just chose them, and he set them apart and made him his holy nation, and they rejected it. Do you understand? That's what he's saying. The elders of Israel. Then all, This is verse 4, 1 Samuel 8, verse 4. All the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So Israel was set apart by God, and they're asking to become like everybody else. That's what they're asking. 
Samuel to do. And Samuel knew that that was wrong. And it's still wrong today. For anybody who is set apart by God and he is their king, it is wrong to bow to any other king. And this is what God has to say about it. Do what they tell you, essentially, is what he said. For they haven't rejected you, but they've rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So at that moment in time, when Israel decided that they wanted to be like all of the other nations, and you can choose the same. If you want to be like all the other nations, you can, you can choose it. If you want to be like those who are, un, who are not set apart, you can choose that. You can absolutely choose that. It's just not what you were called to. And it's a total misunderstanding of what God did when he set you apart and made you a part of his holy nation. Is God your king or is something else your king? Are you your own king? Are the governments and systems of this world your king? Is your boss your king? Once God has called you and set you apart and declared you to be holy, you then have a choice to either live in the light of that holiness, to live separate, not as the rest of the world does, but to live separate as a holy nation or not. You know, so much of what we see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and what we're seeing still today is just a rinse and repeat of the same story. You know, God, even in the book of Exodus, God set Israel apart again and brought them out of the land of Egypt, and some of them wanted to go back. Some of them, after God had sanctified them and released them from the grips of this world-based system, wanted to go back because it was familiar, and they didn't trust God. And so we're given this same choice today. We're given the same choice. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He didn't say some, he said all. That was after his resurrection. God gave him all authority in heaven and on earth. He is your king, if you accept it. But if you put something between you and God, and you do not walk in the light of this, and you walk according to the systems of this world, you've chosen Whatever system of authority you submit yourself to that is not God-breathed first, that is the system of authority that you have put yourself down to. And you will be bound by the rules of it. I'm going to read you another thing, too, from Matthew. Or, actually, this is John. John 19. This is, Jesus has just been sent to the Romans to be handed over to be crucified. And he's talking to Pilate, and he hasn't said anything to him to this point. Then Pilate said to him, are you, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? And Jesus says this to him. You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Now, who delivered Jesus over to the, to the Gentiles? It was the holy nation. It was the people of God that chose, rather than trusting in the ways of God to allow him to be their king, to bow down to the Roman Empire and use the Roman Empire to do their bidding. They have the greater sin. What is the sin? The rejection of God. It's the rejection of their sanctification and their holiness. You can't both be holy and set apart from the world and intermix with the world. It's not possible. You cannot serve two kingdoms. You cannot live in two kingdoms at once. 
because either you will hate one or love the other, or otherwise you will be loyal to one and despise the other. Jesus says this in Matthew, where he talks about money, but then he talks immediately after that about not caring for yourself. Do you make yourself your own God? Do you make your desires? Do you make your own needs? Do you make that your God? Is that, is that what you determine? Is that how you determine what you will do? Or do you go to God? You are sitting here now, those who have accepted Jesus as king over their lives. You were set apart at the moment that you did that by God and made a part of a holy nation. That is who you are. Will you live in the light of the reality of that, or will you choose to bow down to things that are beneath that? That is your choice. That is my choice. The things that we do that separate us from that holiness, when we do not walk in the light of that holiness, when we accept things that are not of God, we separate ourselves. The next step of this is how we prepare ourselves to live in the light of that holiness. This week's episode is about challenging you to see yourself in the truth of the reality that you have been set apart, sanctified by God, and it is not of you, but it is of God as a birthright to you. He has made you a part of a holy nation. Now you have a choice. Are you going to live in the light of that holiness and that sanctification? Or are you going to continue to choose something that is less than that? All of us have struggles. All of us have things inside of us. Some that have come from us and our own personal choices. Some that have come from truths, the things that we believe to be true that aren't true. Some of them come from generational problems that have nothing to do with us that get us off of that, of standing on the fact that we are a holy nation set apart by God. And therefore we accept different things. And the Bible talks to us about making sure that we are prepared to receive God. Jesus talks about a bride being prepared to receive him. Jewish custom talks about the marriage. The husband prepares the house. The bride prepares herself so that at any moment she is ready to leave at the drop of a hat and receive her bridegroom, her husband. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Yes. But there are still things inside of us that need to be brought to the fullness of that reality. And that is the preparation that all of us need to be doing and working on together with God in order to prepare us to receive the bridegroom. We're going to talk about that next time because that's an episode in and of itself. And it might be multiple, in all honesty. I'm sure we will hit that topic in multiple ways over the course of the show. But there are two things that I want you to remember for for now. Number one, you are a holy and set-apart nation. Number two, that is not of yourself. That is something that God gave you when he called you to himself and you chose to believe in Jesus and what God did through Jesus. And number three, we are getting to the point in this season where the Bible tells us 
that the kingdoms of this world are going to be given over to the beast and his authority. And so while Romans 13 talks about how we should submit to all authority, we need to first submit to God and ask him about the very real consequences of the things and the pressures that this world system is going to put on those who love God in this season. It has eternal consequences. And there will be times in this upcoming season, and indeed the one that we are walking into now, where the world and what God says will not align. And we will have to take a stand as a set-apart and holy nation. What does that stand look like? God will know on a situational basis, and only He will. Some of us will have to lose our lives. Jesus, after being given instruction by God, and Him submitting to God, also submitted Himself to worldly authority, and He was killed. The disciples of Jesus, they were killed. We're not used to hearing these things in America or really in much of the Western world. But the truth of the matter is that this season is a prophetic season that has been written about and talked about for thousands of years. And prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes, and God is getting ready and is in the process of bringing about the restoration of all things. And so if you don't choose now, whether you want to live in the light of that holiness, or whether you want to be a part of the world, you will be torn apart. The Bible tells us that the beast is going to receive power and he is going to give his authority over to the governments of the world. And he's going to do things to try to deceive even the elect. Who are the elect? Those that God set apart, who he sanctified and called holy. You can't stand on both sides. You have to choose. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, no matter what end. And I hope the same is true for you. But you need to sit with God, because the narrative so far has been that we should submit to all authority. In Romans 13, Paul talks about this, that we should submit to all earthly authorities, because there is no authority that is not appointed by God. That was written in 57 AD in the revelation of Jesus Christ to John at Patmos, the book of Revelation, was not written until around 95 or 96 AD. And so Paul, at the time of writing that, didn't have the additional revelation that would be brought to John that we do have today. And I'm not telling you that you should be disrespecting or outright in your own of your own fruition and of your own desire being disrespectful or disobedient to these entities i am telling you that now is the season in which what the book of revelation tells us supersedes what the book what paul's letter to the romans written nearly 40 years earlier will say, because of the season that we're entering into. And therefore, we must always go to God with these things. He has to be the one who tells us. Because now and in this season, 
if we don't hold on to the truth and the word is truth if we don't hold on to it tight and cling to our relationship with god we will be lost next week we're going to talk about the process of preparation preparing ourselves to live in the light of this holiness for now what i want you to do is i want you to take every word that you've heard from me here and i want you to take it back to god you need to test every spirit that you hear everyone take it back to the word of god take it to god in prayer and know that jesus christ has come in the flesh father i thank you for the people who are listening to this this message is both sweet to the taste but when we take it inside of ourselves can be bitter because of the decisions that we've made i ask father that you would enable us to live in the light and in the truth of your word give us all hearts that would choose that and not choose something other than you I plead the blood of Jesus as a circle and sphere of protection around all who are listening to this, who are of you. And I bind any spiritual hosts of wickedness in Jesus' name that would try to take these words and slant them, to use them to the world's devices. I ask that your spirit would do the work that it must do inside each person who's listening to this, and that you would do that which only you can. Father, I thank you that you have set us apart and declared us a holy nation. Help us to live in the light of that truth. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless. Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.